You are listening to Behind the Horse's Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. We'll just name you my co-host now. If you seem like you're on every week, I am. I'm always on. Oh, Lord. You know what? Though your episodes seem to do better than others, and I think it, they're just like I like that Jasmine girl. He should have her on more often. He's kind of a douche though. No, I don't think people say that about you. Um, Only behind closed doors. Behind my back, behind closed doors, standing in open doors. <laughs> Uh, so it is spring for 99.9% of the country at this point in time. It's getting close here. I mean, it was, it was sunshine and 70 something degrees today. Well, isn't that wonderful? It was cloudy and 40 something today and then it rained. Yeah, we wore, uh, well, it was after rain. We've had rain three days in a row. So 70 degrees and like, I don't know. 90% humidity. Well, I would take that over freezing my tush off. I'm so sick of We were cold today, though, because, I mean, it was only 71. Don't even, don't even start with that bullcrap with me. Or palm trees returning brown. It was only I'm, 71. I am wearing, like, five layers still because I am freezing still from the day. I just realized that half the half of everything we just said is going to pick up a crap ton of background noise because I was so cold I had a heater going. <laughs> I, th- I think it's like sixty degrees outside right now. It's oh cold. I'd have the windows open. <laughs> no, no. Oh, oh uh, yeah. I keep my house at sixty-five. Mm. 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 No. 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 Mm-mm. See, you know, everybody says you should keep your your house around sixty eight or whatever. No, it's too cold. No, that's too not cold. cold. I keep I my house like in the summertime is like at I don't know seventy four or something. No, absolutely not. Yeah, in the winter, in the winter, I want I want it like eighty degrees in my house. I want to sweat. Well, it's really been nice knowing you, but I don't think I'll be visiting your house ever. Yeah, it it is. Yeah, I I I like it in the winter time. Like I will have the the heat on plus a fire in the fireplace. No. It, it you know and it'll be like sixty two degrees outside and I'll be like fire time. I don't even turn my heat on. Like okay. Going into going into winter, I don't even turn my heat on until it's in the fifties consistently. Ooh. 40th. Yeah. Well, I'm sure everybody's really enjoying our our comparison probably. of of climates. Probably not. Probably probably not. Um, but it does bring up something. It's a good segue into something. 
And uh, that is, it is show season. It is show season. It is show season across the board, Western English. It doesn't matter. Everybody is getting out. Everybody's ready. It's a loud truck that just went by a mile away. Everybody's getting ready to, to load up those ponies and get out there and do whatever they do for fun. But I am noticing there is a trend all through social media. It doesn't matter what platform that there are two types of people when going into show season. Those that think they're going to pick right up where they left off and those that have no clue what they're getting into again and have not prepared yet again for another year. Yeah. Um that's definitely two places to be. Um it it seems to me that yeah, people are either on one end of the spectrum or the other. There's there's typically very few people who have been working hard and have realistic expectations um, of what they're going to be doing and how that's going to go in going into show season. Um, but definitely being in the right state of mind is a huge thing. Getting ready to do whatever you're going to be doing, whether you're you're showing or whether you're getting out there and hitting the trails for the first time for the year or um, whether you're just taking your horse somewhere new to lesson or clinic or anything like that, uh, being in the right frame of mind about that first time off the property is definitely super important. Yeah. And, you know, for those that are going into it, they might have had a pretty successful campaign last season. Um, you know, I, I, there's a certain amount of humbling should go into starting out that season. And we've all been there. We've all finished on a high note, and we think we're just going to carry straight over, and there's nothing wrong with being confident in your competence going into uh, your first show. But do not set yourself up for disappointment right off the bat because that can set the tone for a good portion of your season. Absolutely. Um, And just to go off of that, and there's there's nothing saying that you are going there's nothing saying that you're not gonna be able to do as good as you did last season. It just depends on how much work that you put in over the winter. I mean, if you're putting in tons and tons and tons of work over the winter, there's a possibility that you could be going in around the same that you did at the end of the year last year. But no matter what it is, whatever your potential is at home it's not going to be that when you leave and go somewhere new and you have to know that you're not going to be at the same caliber of riding that you are at home when you go somewhere new for the very first time there's so many different things for your horse to take in and you know getting back into the swing of things plus people in general can be nervous going into the ring for the first time um and if you haven't been hitting it super hard all winter and really conditioning and being ready. It's crazy to expect your horse to be ready to rock and roll and be showing at the same caliber as they were at the end of the show season last when they were being consistently out and being consistently at new places. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I, I find irritating and to each their own, you know, I'm not here to tell anybody how they should be training or how they should be prepared for their, their personal journey, you know. Um, but like where I live, we ride all winter. It's not that cold. I, I pick at it, you know, that 60 degrees is cold. 
we have like an average of like a 65 degree winter around here. We have a few days where it's, you know, it, it, it we have highs in the 40s or something like that. Outside of that, it's in the 60s most of the winter, 50s and 60s. That's riding weather. Absolutely. And, and the amount of people that will finish up, you know, October, November uh, down here uh, and put their horse up and will not start again until March. And then think they're just going to have the super successful campaign starting in April is irritating. And then, yeah. the, and then the first thing they do is they're wanting to they'll go straight into blaming their horse, or I guess it's time for a new horse. Old girl let me down. This, that, and the other, or uh, blaming their trainer. My trainer did not have me ready. I saw that one today from a person that I know for a fact. Uh, did not train between October and February. Which you just can't you can't expect that. Like somebody who somebody who expects that other horse, I dare them to not work out or do anything physical all winter long and then go run a marathon. You're not gonna do it. it. It's yeah, it's the same thing for like my folks out there. Um, like our friend Flo. Uh, our friend Flo is kind of a gym rat, right? It would be like Flo taking six months off or so or four months off from the gym and then decide that she's going to go, you know, hit her max her first time out. You're not going to do it. You're going to hurt yourself. And it's yeah. the same thing for your horse. And it's also the same thing. You're going to hurt yourself too mentally. You're going to fall behind. And from my experience in showing – I was always nervous as crap, and I worked weeks and weeks and weeks before. And there's nothing wrong with taking some time off, letting you rest, mentally rest, let your horse rest. You know, your horse needs not only a physical break, but it also needs a mental break. And I don't think a lot of people understand that either. You know, you're, you're when you're showing us still a repetitive task for your horse, they can get burned out. And so giving them that break is fine, but you've got to slowly get working again. In a few weeks, you know, you take a month off and take a month off and you don't have to come back in your training regiment like it was you left off, like you were going to, to you know, in my world, worlds or something. And, you know, the, the, the crazy thing is, you know, you take all this time off and then you're just boom. I think I'm going to be mentally and physically prepared for all of this. My horse is going to be mentally and physically prepared for the, my horse knows their job, da, 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 this, that, and the other. And then they go out there, they screw the pooch their first time out. They're in their own head. And then they're looking for someone else to blame. Absolutely. I think that anybody going into their first show of the season should look at this first show as a training experience. Every first show of the year is a training experience. It's a time for you to get back into the swing of things and getting into your routine of what it's like to be packed, not only like showing, but getting the trailer packed, getting X, Y, and Z ready, getting your horse prepared, getting your horse out, trailering for the first time of the year, uh, relaxing and getting your horse warmed up, do it no matter what you're doing. And viewing it as a training experience and seeing engaging where you are opposed to expecting to be at the same level that you were at the end of the year. Uh, for example, I just um, a couple weeks ago, we're my girls first time out for, uh, for the season and um, 
we really talked about what tests they were going to ride and my students ride dressage. And uh, the really cool thing I like about dressage is we always say we train a level above what we show. So if you're not able to do the movements of the level above the test that you're going to be showing at home, then you shouldn't be showing, you shouldn't be showing that at the next show. So um, my girls and I talked really hard and they definitely could have probably shown a higher level than what they did, but would it have been successful? Would it have been worth the stress? Would it have been worth physically pushing their horses that hard? Probably not. Um, so I agree with you. I think it's no matter what discipline you show, or even if you're riding recreationally, you should be prepared to have some training bumps along the way, even on a finished show horse. You know, it's it's, it's a first time out. And going out there with ex with too high of expectations can absolutely be detrimental, not only to you, but the people that you're around. Because if you're pushing your horse to be next level, you're probably going to have a blow up. And that could significantly hurt someone else's day or their first show experience. Yeah, you know, and I, I say the same thing to to my students when I, when I have them. I haven't had none in a while. Uh, and the, the gal that jockeys for me is home is where you put in that extra hard work because when you are out under the lights and you're in that red dirt in that arena is where you should be able to show off all that work you did at home though there should be a learning experience there should be easy compared to what you're doing at home you should be you know and if you go into it and you're of course, you're going to have butterflies. Your horse is going to be nervous. You're going to be nervous. It's the first time out. You're getting ready to go. That is going to happen. There is nothing that you can do that is going to prepare you for that first run of the season. All the experience in the world, you're still going to have a, you're still going to have a little bit of angst. You know, that's just going to happen. But if every time that you go out there, you are about to crap your pants, you're not doing something right at home. Absolutely. And we talk about... I, I tell my students all the time, and this has told to me growing showing, is that when you get there, you're not teaching your horse something new. It is not the time to add training to your horse. You can look at it as a training experience, as in whatever happens, happens, and like just getting the flow of things, but it is not the time to train your horse or be pushing them to do things that they're not 100% comfortable doing at home. No. And well, and that brings me to something else too. Um, and you are, you know, you're in that dressage world, and I am in what I would consider the complete opposite of refinement uh, over here in the tub turning world. The, but I think you will appreciate what I'm about to say, and that is, for the love of Jesus, when you are in a practice arena. If you roll up to an event, it's a two-day event, and you get there a day early or the day before, and you got access to that practice arena to warm up your horse, run through, run through your dressage test, or do some circle work with your barrel horse, or do some slide stops and spins on your reining horse, whatever, that is not the time to be trying to teach your horse something new. Yeah. You do not need that horse thinking about something new. You need them thinking about what they know. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly what I was just saying is that, you know, that this is a place to do the same routine. I encourage my students 
to do their same warm-up routine out wherever we're going, the same they do at home. And I do that because otherwise they get very distracted and start thinking of all these other things. And even something as small as I was joking with one of my students when we um, went to my, some of my 4-H girls went to state last year and they decided to put different boots and different bell boots on their horse. No. Ever, they've literally never ridden their horse in bell boots ever. And they decided that that was the day to do something new. And I looked at them and I was like, no, we're not, we're not doing this because it's just like you said, it's not time to introduce something new. It's, it's time to get them. It's time to get them relaxed and in the same routine that they were at home because the routine, it's not just about the routine, but there's very important parts of that warmup that they do at home that if they're not doing that there, they're not getting the same input. They're not reminding them of the same things. And that doesn't matter what discipline I teach, you know, like my dressage girls, but I also have girls that ride ranch riding. I have girls that ride Western pleasure. I have girls who ride hunter jumpers, all sorts of stuff. And, you know, that horses are routine animals and they, they appreciate that. So when you get to a show and start him hawing around and doing stuff that you've never done before, that horse is like, oh my gosh, I'm in a new place. We're not doing anything like we've ever done before. What the heck is going on? Oh yeah. That's oh, and you fair. that's not fair to the person riding them because it puts you in a bad mental space. Well, and you brought up a valid point too, and I do see this all the time. And guys, please take this to heart. Okay. Uh Jess, I will hundred percent back me up here. And if you don't, then just say so. The the show ring is not the time to try out that new piece of apparatus, tack, whatever you've gotten. That is not the time to be trying out something new that just came in the mail. Absolutely. I don't care if the bell boots or the SMBs that you got are falling apart as long as they will stay on the horse. Don't go put them brand new ones on. Yeah. I, I don't care if they're used to wearing SMBs. Don't go put the new ones on. Until you get to the house. If you've got a brand new $6,000 bespoke made saddle from some saddle maker that nobody's ever heard of that makes them by hand, you know, stitching everything with his fingers, don't put that on that horse if I, if you haven't even put it on that horse at home or if you only got one or two rides. Yeah. Don't do that. I am. Um, and definitely don't be changing bits. Oh, yes. And it's all the way down to even the attire that you wear because. Uh, growing up, I showed a lot, and um, I never realized why I had such struggles at shows every once in a while. And I realized it's because at home, I never rode my show boots. I had I had these uh, tall boots that were these tall English boots that were my show boots, and I was like, I felt like I was floundering all over my horse in the in the jump ring, and I couldn't figure out why my leg wouldn't stay. And I realized very quickly that it's because I never ride in those boots at home. And so I very quickly learned that I very quickly learned that at home, I needed to start riding in those and getting used to wearing those. And then my performance in the show ring like was 10 times different because I felt comfortable and it was, and I was used to it. 
Um, but definitely even talking about just like you're talking about tech, that is my biggest pet peeve. I had a student that I used to teach who uh, at home rode in a, a very small ported miler that is, you know, breaks apart on both sides. And then in the show ring, she would ride in a correction bit. And I was like, Wait, where, where did this even come from? And it was like a really fancy on the outside, looked great. I mean, and I was like, what is this? And she was like, oh, that's my show bit. And I was like, excuse me? It's your what? And she was like, oh, yeah, we only ride in this in shows. I'm like, uh, no. No, if We're- the horse needs a correction bit, then it needs a correction bit at the house, too. Yes, and it does it. And it's it. there was no reason for it other than that's what they'd always done. And that horse was totally different at the show. It was really bracy. It was not flexing in the pole like it should. It was having all of these issues, and it was because of the bit change. Like, don't – and I was, after that show, I was like, never again. They didn't even bring their other – they didn't even bring their other Brit, and I was just like, oh, yeah. no. Well, you – you, yeah, you brought up another good point, too, and it has to do with you. You know, getting getting to the, the arena is not the time to break in those new boots for you. You know, yeah. that is that is not the time to try on those new jeans that might be just a hair tight, but you think they're going to stretch. No, that's not the time for that. Wear what is comfortable. I don't care if there's a hole in the side of your boots that you wore last year and they're comfy and your big toe hangs out. Let the big toe hang out because you're going to be comfortable. Or because like, the last thing you need on top of your nerve is your feet hurting or your, a pair of pants cutting into your waist. And yeah. for And for the love of Jesus... I keep saying that a lot tonight. The show ring is not for you to be showing off the giant, most gaudiest trophy buckle you've got because it's going to be digging in your belly all night. Leave the buckle at the house. Just wear a simple buckle so you're comfortable. And you can really, in my world, so you can really stretch out and lean over that horse and get the job done. Yeah. It's not a a fashion show. And and this even goes into, so like in the the all-around show world, like, you know, that your attire is going to be different. We don't wear, you know, people who ride pleasure don't wear chaps at home. And that's okay. But that means that you need to prepare yourself at home prior to the show. All of my girls, previous to the first show of the year, they had to, the whole week before the show, they had to ride in their show tire for their chaps and stuff. Because... It totally puts your leg in a different place and you can move differently, all sorts of stuff. And like chinks aren't as big of a deal. They're a lot easier. Um, I prefer chinks personally. Me too. But in the Western pleasure world, you, you have to wear chaps and like they are skin tight. Like those, those shotguns. Yeah. No, not even shotgun. Just like traditional, like black suede chip, black suede. Schooling chaps is what we call those. Call them what? Schooling chaps. Schooling chaps. Well, these no. are schooling. Yeah. Well, they're it's it's like those, but they're they're just for Western pleasure, like specifically or horsemanship or you they know the, the fringe, don't they? They have the fringe and all that kind of stuff, and usually it takes two to three people to zip them up because they're so tight. Cause and I grew up in that world. There's nothing wrong with that world. It's just different, but. It definitely gives you a totally different feel, and you ride totally different. So, 
you know, these are all things that I learned growing up. And I always tell myself, like, I try to be the trainer that I wish I would have had growing up and like someone who prepared me for those things. And so my girls, they always ride in those things before they ever leave the property. Um, well, and it changes your, it changes your grip too, uh, depending on your saddle, it, it changes the parts of you that grip. Um, if you're used to gripping a little extra harder, if you're just wearing jeans with the inside of your leg on a saddle, um, that has that extended suede seat that we see a lot that's rough out in the barrel world now, uh, which has helped a lot. These rough out saddles, these lightweight rough out saddles we're seeing in the barrel world kind of heart back to some of them old Simcoe's that had that extended seat that went down, almost looked like English fenders, you know, that, that came down the side of the saddle that were suede. And so now we're seeing the, these these really lightweight rough out saddles uh, in the barrel world. And it's basically given the same effect. It's given that grip. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, if you're not used to that super gorilla grip and you take that first can and you realize I'm glued, that that's kind of shocking if you're used to hovering up or leaning over or, or giving that slight head pull while you're hovering in the seat and waiting for that back to come pop you in the butt that first time that you go to stand up and all of a sudden that uh, you're having to spread your legs to get up. Yeah, there's a good chance that horse is going to run out from under you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about the barrel world, but I can only imagine at speeds that quick having a that you have to quickly, like, realize is much different. I mean, that it would definitely be important. You're you know, you're supposed to sit. When you go around, you'll hear, like, you always got your buddy there, your show buddy, and you'll hear somebody go, sit down, or sit, or hey. You know, you'll hear somebody stand out of the can like that. And you sit when you make that turn, but as you make that turn, everybody's going to hold, got to have it. They're going to put their weight right back in their feet instead <laughs> of on their seat. And it happens. It happens to all of us at some point in time. Next thing you know, we've done shifted our weight back to our feet. And if you got that super grip grip now, next thing you know, you're still there. And when you get, I call it the hop up. And that's when they've dug around that can and they're coming back up and they're digging like a top fuel dragster spinning its tires going to that second can. Oh yeah. Or going home and that that back arches and comes up. It will launch you like a catapult out of your saddle. All I know is the barrel ring and the other show world ring is very different because you guys are all yelling at each like yelling to the people in the ring and if our trainer, if our judges ever heard someone from the outside of the ring telling us what to do, they would disappoint. I will have to play you some so some some of my runs and then some of Autumn's and Brandy's runs, and you just hear the people talking to us. And it's not talking; we're being yelled at. Yeah. Like, uh, like oh. as as you break the timer, you know, you hear, "Let's go, Brandy! Let's go! Ride it! Sit! Sit! Hey! Hey! All right! Good! 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 Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Okay! Bring her home! Bring her home! Let's go! Let's go!" <laughs> and then I know it. I know that it's so different. Like I had a couple girls that I used to take to some barrel runs, and it just like blew me away. I was just like, and I just sat there very like I was just shocked. It's yeah. nice. It's cool. It's cool that everyone like yells for each other and it's exciting. You, you know, I mean, even your friends that you're competing against do that. Stuff, but. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's so different. It's crazy how different 
so many different show rings are because I would like to consider myself like pretty, I would say I'm pretty well-rounded. Like I've shown hunters, I've shown pleasure, I've shown dressage, I've shown Western dressage, I've shown English Eck, I've shown like lots of different stuff or at least taking kids. I've taught some kids on gated horses. I went to a gated horse show one time and that was crazy. That is culture shock, by the way. They start like yelling numbers to the judge and they're like number 37 your honor number 37 and you're just like there so yeah uh page i love you i do you, you're one of my you're one of my good friends on social media that tennessee walk-in showing world that the padded performance world yeah is crazy the way they talk to the judges the way the judges <laughs> talk to the competitors it's all crazy the the now I have some friends that I, I really, really like. And, like, man, I would have so much fun going to those shows. And they – but they showed in the flat shog class. They didn't show in the in the big – in the big lick uh, stuff. Don't, don't – you can't – you can't – you can't say BL. They get all bent out of oh, shape. It's padded what? performance now. Padded performance. Okay. Well, they didn't <laughs> performance class. They showed flat shog class. Um, but still, it's just so funny. And, like, they play – like crazy music and stuff and um and then they have someone that is like the towel person that you so at the end you like fling the towel around to get their ears up and stuff and someone asked me if I wanted to be that person and I thought they were joking and they were being serious and yeah it's just like, the first time I ever went to a saddlebred show um uh, my trainer in high school was like listen I'm gonna take you in here but you can't laugh She's like, you can't laugh. And I was like, what? She's like, you're going to see some things and you, and you're going to laugh. Like, you're going to want to laugh, but you can't like, okay. And I went in there and they played circus music on an organ sitting in the middle of the room. I was just about to say, did they play and organ music? What is this? But I yeah, I know. Like, I was just about to say they played organ music, didn't they? Yeah, like, don't get me wrong, it was super cool, and I loved seeing all the different sides of the horse industry. I was just, like, that was my first experience of anything outside of a typical either all-around show or a hunter-jumper show, and it was a culture shock. And it, you know, and that, and that's something, too, that a lot of people don't understand is getting prepared for show is all the same. You know, you got to get your mind right, you got to get your horse right. Doesn't matter if you're showing saddle seat or you're chasing cans or doing dressage or you're a hunter-jumper. It, getting your mind your horse right it's all the same but just the different worlds that we're all in and the different ways that we all compete in our different bond with the horse it, to me it's amazing you know we pick on we pick we pick on other disciplines all the time like it's just yeah. part of it you know I, I you know there is a lot of toxicity in our world um but there's also a lot of tongue-in-cheek gentle ribbing that that we all give each other but you know we, we would fight for each other from an outsider in a heartbeat. Like I have defended the padded performance folks uh, for years. It is not my world. I will never show in that. I have no interest in any of those horses or, or in any of that. Um, but I will fight for their right to show as long as it's not abusive. Same yeah. way with same way with saddlebreds. I've had saddlebreds. I, I didn't show saddle seat. I had a five gated saddle seat horse. I used him for something else. Yeah, and I will say like. Um, Tennessee Walker and gated people like that, they get a really bad rap. But let me tell you, 
they have the most intense inspections I've ever seen at a show. And Definitely. I was talking to John, and he was getting ready to take horses, and um, he had a horse that he had to turn out in bell boots because they had to turn him out in bell boots because he was wanting to he pulled shoes a lot. Well, the bell boot just barely rubbed a like a half an inch of hair off. Not even down, like not not a sore, not not anything. And he was like, "Can't take this horse." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "What?" And he was like, "He's missing like three hairs. Can't take him because they'll and they'll like find you and take your card and everything because they are so because of the past of the soaring and stuff. Like, yeah, they're so. I was just like extremely impressed by, you know, the 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 lookovers that yeah. they get. And not to change the subject. But, you know, and, and talk about that. But it is a golden opportunity to talk about that is I feel so bad. And, you know, I look at like our friend Paige's content and it seems like she has to spend majority of her time defending herself because of what some really stupid people did in the past. Yeah. And she'll tell you it was horrible in the past, but she feels like she has to defend her breed and her discipline because of what idiots did. And you stand on the same token. If you go after someone like her, who is doing everything she can to make sure that that never happens to those horses again, and then attack her, you're you're just as bad to me as those people in the past. Agreed. And I think, and I feel like everyone would agree, there are good, there are really, really, really good people in every discipline, but there, and there are also really really bad people in every discipline but that's every single discipline if you look hard enough you can find the worst of the worst in any discipline that you're in but almost i would say in general in every discipline most people are there just trying to do the right thing well yeah really crappy people but like you can say that about anything i mean look at i mean dressage is like supposed to be the most harmony blah 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 thing that there is you know like the foundation and you look at the big news of the roll cur and like people over flexing and the that big scandal with the olympics like you know there's there's people doing doing terrible things there i mean you look at the western pleasure world and you can make an enemy out of anybody but there's but it, people there that are fantastic but, things. but the only thing that will ever make the news is when something bad happens it's yes. never when nothing good happens, and it's always that small percentage that taints the entire pool of of everything. And I, you know, a, a great example of that is the racehorse industry. There are people out there that seethe when they think about the racehorse industry, and there's nothing wrong with the racehorse industry as a whole. It's those small fractional amount of people that ruin what a great sport that is. Yes, agreed. But, you know, and while we're talking about history, you know, and, and horses, this is a great segue right here. Do you have an Audible account? I do not. You do not. You know, you can sign up for a free trial, right? I didn't know that. There is going to be a code in the comp. Not where am I going? Not in the comments. In the description of this episode, it's going to be a link. You can click that link and sign up for a 30-day free trial of Audible. And when you sign up for that 30-day free trial Audible, you're going to get a free book. And guess what? If you decide you don't like Audible, 
you can cancel and keep that book. Or Audible has hundreds of thousands of audiobooks right at your fingertips. You can download the Audible app, and guess what? It is partnered with Amazon, so you can use your Amazon account. Well, that's that cool. is it's the best thing in the world. And I'm going to make a recommendation for you and for my listeners. If you like horse history, is check out The Horse by Wendy Williams. Not that Wendy Williams, a different Wendy Williams. And it goes through the entire history, the 56-million-year journey of the horse from its beginnings to where we're at today with feral horses, the horse training that we go into, and some of the sports that we talked about. So you check out the description of this episode. Click on that. It's going to be audibletrial.com forward slash Ryan. You're going to be able to sign up for a 30-day free trial. You're going to get a free book, and if you decide you don't like Audible, guess what? You can cancel, and you can keep that free book on me. Heck, yeah. That's awesome. There you go. We got to pay bills around here. We got to do it. We got to pay bills. Yeah. You know, I don't have a read for Anchor because they got a roll. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I have to cut this thing in half and paste it in there. (laughs) So... We're we're paying bills around here, folks. But on on a real note, I've actually had Audible for years. Audible, I I love Audible, and um, I'll be honest with you, I've bought very few books from Audible because it usually takes me a while. I listen to books while I drive or while I'm at work and stuff like that. And I'll get a few minutes here and a few minutes there, or a few chapters or something like that. And then it, I'm a few weeks before I'm ready to start my next book, like the book The Horse that I'm reading right now. Um, it's an 11 hour book to listen to. Um, and that may take me a month to get through it. By that time, I've already accumulated more free credits with Audible. You get you get a credit every month, and most books aren't but one or two credits. Oh, wow. So you're going to get a free book a month through Audible. So like I say, guys, you cannot lose. It's fifteen ninety nine a month. You're going to get a free book. You, you can't go to a newsstand and buy a book these days for $16. You got all your New York Times bestsellers are going to be there. Plus – do they have a lot of like any like horse training books or anything like that on there? They have a quite a few. In fact, uh, one of John Lyon's proteges uh, has a book on there called Round Pinning. Um, oh, cool. Yep, and it's take, yeah, it takes you all the way through colt starting. And you know, if there's anybody you can trust when it comes to to starting colts, the Lyons family definitely is one. We got to see Brandy, his daughter, work. Uh, of course. That rode to the horse. We actually got to see John out there with her horse who was being difficult, and it was almost like uh, the 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 switch flipped on that horse when John got on his back. Um, John is a legend in the industry. But, um, yeah, check out Round Pitting and then check out the horse. Uh, and if you like those, there is a crap ton of books on horses on there. Um, there's a crap ton of books about everything on Audible. So, yeah, check out that check out that link. Head on over to Audible today. You're going to help us pay bills, and uh, you're going to get a free book. So it is a win-win for everybody. Heck so. yeah. No. I hate reading, but I like listening. So You know what? I used to love to read, and I just I can't. I can't anymore. I don't have the time. I always got a kid pulling on me or something. And I can't read at work, so I can listen at work. That'll, that'll do. That'll, that'll do. That'll horse do. Thing, listen to horse books. I'm down. Yeah, there you go. So somebody out there will find that useful, I hope. <laughs> well, well, maybe people can listen to a book about getting ready for show season. 
you know what? I'm pretty sure Audible's probably got a book about getting ready for show season. I think there's 180,000 titles on there. That's awesome. But listening to us talk about show season. Well, we hope everyone has a fantastic show season. And whether you're showing, whether you're just out there trail riding, whether you're getting ready for whatever, get prepared. Make sure you do your homework at home. Don't train in the arena when you get there. No, do not train in the arena. You get there. Don't try anything new. Do what you know. Do what you love. And treat it as a learning experience. Absolutely. Rock it out. Let us know how your first show goes. Yes, leave us a, uh, if you're listening on Apple or Google, or if you listen to us on the Anchor app, um, leave us a comment, let us know how you're doing, leave us a voice memo, you can do that over if you go to uh, anchor.fm, behind the horse's eyes, you can actually leave us a voice memo, um, and we will pl- we can actually play those on air at the end of the show, uh, I have an option to do that, it's just nobody seems to do that, so if you want good, bad, tell us how we're doing, it'd be great, so um Jessamyn, I'm so glad you joined me again. Um, I mean, I'll just be honest. At this point, you're basically my co-host. I don't know how you feel about that. I love it. I'm going to have to put you on the payroll, I guess. As soon as we accumulate enough money to have a payroll, I guess I'll put you on it. (laughs) Sounds good. Right. Yeah, right now I'm still trying to struggle to get it paid for, you know, itself. We got one patron over at Patreon. Oh, man. It's Flo. We know her. (laughs) <laughs> we know her. It's, it's a pity $10 a month. Um, but, yeah. So, guys, gals, everyone in between, thank you so much for tuning in. Get that horse ready. Get yourself ready. And if you're not 100% ready when you step out in there, guess what? It's okay. Just do what you know. Don't try too hard. Have a good time. Come home smiling. Eat Mexican on the way home because you know you got to. And uh, ignore diesel fuel prices or you won't show. Absolutely. I agree with all those statements. (laughs) Yeah, don't look at the diesel prices. All right, guys, we will catch you next time. Thank you so very much for listening. And on behalf of Jessamyn Rice, I am Ryan Chastain, and this is Behind the Horse's Eyes, and we appreciate you very much. 